Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. Do you want to live that big dream life? The one where your career is moving forward and you just feel passionate and engaged every day? Or maybe just one where your business is expanding and you're getting greater results? Or maybe you just want to be happier each day with less stress and peace of mind that comes with living a balanced life. If you can relate to any of this, I have to tell you about Big Dream Executive Coaching. They could be just what you need. When you work with a coach there, you get more than a coach, you get a strategic partner who's going to help you clarify your needs and build that life you've always dreamed of. The coaches are great because they allow you to see beyond your own field of vision and drive greater achievement. In fact, master coach Barbara Fonte is on today and she's an expert at getting those results with decades of experience. So please check out the free coaching you can get if you do the test drive and book the discovery call. So basically hop on their website, book that discovery call and see what they can do for you. Check them out online, bigdreamexecutivecoaching.com and we appreciate their support of the episode today. Well, this is going to be a really great episode, so I hope you're buckled in because we have the expert on the X factor for happiness. I got you there. I mean, who doesn't want that? (laughs) We're going to be sitting with Barbara Fonte today. She is the chief business coach, which I love that title, at Big Dream Executive Coaching, and she has coached all kinds of leaders and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, taking all of her experience And kind of pioneering this field of mental fitness, of mental peak performance. And everything that she's done with this great list of corporate clients, we are excited to bundle that knowledge for you today, as we do on our show, for success for women in tech. So thanks for coming, Barbara. Thanks, Nicole. I am thrilled to be here. And I'm so excited that we're diving into such an impactful topic. It's something every woman really should know about because it truly is the X factor success. What we're going to talk about today is the thing that seems to be differentiating those who are reaching their highest level of achievement and how happy in the process, which is really important, should be the number one thing, versus those that aren't, those that feel stuck and just kind of in a sense of of surviving, trying to survive. And so this thing, this X factor that we're talking about is called mental fitness. So I know, I know there are probably some people that are listening to the podcast that are going mental fitness. What the, is that like physical fitness? What is that? Um, well, it's kind of like that. I mean, we're talking about strengthening some muscles. Yeah. My, my brain's wearing my yoga pants. 
So we should be ready. <laughs> yeah, yoga pants. So let let me give you a little analogy that's going to make a little little more sense. So if you're not physically fit and you now have to climb a steep hill, you're probably going to feel some physical stress, right? Well, that's because you don't have the muscles built. Well, if you haven't built up your mu- your mental muscles and you've got to deal with obstacles and challenges that you have to overcome and all of these situations and circumstances that sometimes present themselves out of nowhere, it's going to create some mental stress as well. And the problem is that it doesn't just show up as stress. It shows up as other things as well, like anxiety and sleeplessness. It shows up in women often as self-doubt. Oh, I might not be good enough. So it might show up as fear, fear of taking action. It might show up as shame or guilt. It might show up as depression. And it might push us to do things that we know really don't serve us, like eating three sleeves of Oreos or, you know, drinking more than we want to, or staying in a relationship that might not be serving us or or addressing situations or staying in a career or feeling stuck because we don't take the plunge and, and move ourselves ahead. So we're talking about some really critical stuff. And the good news is that we can exercise those mental muscles and that can help us overcome some career setbacks and be open to work opportunities and have better relationships in the process. So there are three core muscles that we're going to want to strengthen in order to do this. So I'm going to go through each one of these muscles and talk about things that we can do immediately and put into action to strengthen them. And I just want to tell you before we go through this, everything we're talking about today is based on concrete science, neuroscience and performance science and cognitive behavior. And it's the result of hundreds of thousands of people that have gone through the program and research that's been done and factor analysis of thousands of CEOs of tech teams, of sales professionals, world-class athletes, Ivy League graduates, and so much more. So there's a lot of science behind it, but we presented it in a, in a fun way so we can all embrace it, even if we don't like to work out. So the first muscle we want to work on is what we call our saboteur interceptor. And to understand this, it's sometimes helpful to think about your brain. Imagine your brain in your head and imagine that there's a line that goes right down the middle from the back of your neck through the top and down the front, right? You can touch your head unless you're driving in the car while listening to the podcast, in which case don't do that. So now, so we've got two distinct parts of our brain. In one side of our brain, that's where our saboteurs live. In other words, that's where these certain patterns of thinking and behaving that we've utilized over the years reside. And unfortunately, they don't always serve us. They motivate us, but they motivate us through negative emotion, like stress and fear and all these kinds of things. There's a lot easier way to live and and ways that are less taxing on us. On the other side of our brain is where we can focus and where it can be clear headed. And we tap into really important powers that reside in that part of our brain. Things like Um, innovation and creativity and taking action on things we know can serve us and really we want and things like empathy. So we know that we can be kind to ourselves instead of beating ourselves up, right? How often do we do that? So the first muscle we want to deal with resides in that negative brain, that saboteur brain, and it's our saboteur interceptor muscle. And what it does, its superpower is that it recognizes those negative behaviors and patterns of thinking, labels them and quiets them down. Okay. So a little bit about saboteurs. Okay. We all have them, by the way, I don't care whether you're the CEO of 
a Fortune 100 company or you're in a tech startup, you're a founder, we all have them. What makes some people excel and some don't is our ability to quiet them down. So first thing we need to do in order to quiet them is to recognize them. And there are about nine different patterns of thinking or saboteurs. I'll go through some of them, see if you recognize some. Sometimes we recognize them in ourselves. Sometimes we recognize them in other people. Before I tell you about a lot of them, I just want to tell you one thing. There is one saboteur that we all have. It's the master and we call it the judge. Sound familiar? We judge ourselves. Women, we do this. We're terrible. We judge ourselves. We're too tall. We're not tall enough. We're too short. We're too this. We're not good enough. Um, I'm not good enough to go for that promotion. Nobody's going to like me. I can't negotiate. All this negative talk. We also judge other people, sometimes too quickly. Sales professionals sometimes fall into that trap. Um, we judge circumstances. Something happens and we label it as good or bad. When in fact, we might not really know if it's good or bad till maybe five years later, looking back. So we have this judge. And the judge is utilized so often that it's really strong. So we have to start recognizing it and recognize it um, in our thoughts and our patterns. Other examples of some saboteurs are things like being a people pleaser, right? A people pleaser pattern of thinking makes us think that we need to make everybody like us. So we might go over and above to make everybody like us. And that's very stressful because the truth is that people will like us even if we don't go over and above. And sometimes we get in, in a situation where we need help and we've gone so over and above for everybody else. They don't reciprocate in the same way and we feel resent towards those people. Other things, some of us have this tendency to avoid, we call it the avoider saboteur. That's where we might not want to take on unpleasant tasks. We might want to deal with some, some things that, um, some conflict resolution in the workplace or in our relationships at home. We might feel like, let's just sweep it under the carpet. And we might tell ourselves these lies. The avoider tells us these lies that, you know, if you leave it alone, it'll fix itself. And the problem is it doesn't fix itself. It just festers. And we think we're avoiding something when in fact, those things are festering inside of us and they're screwing with our well-being. You know, and just to kind of give you an idea of some of the other things, um, controller. Some of us have a strong controller, which makes us think that we have to be in control of everything. And if we're not in control, then we must be out of control. So that it's one or the other. And that's simply not true. And the problem with that also is that that creates a lot of stress for us. When we feel like we're not in control, we're very stressed. And guess what? The people in our workplace and at home, they're stressed too. And you probably know if you've ever worked for someone that has a controller, saboteur, is very controlling, it's not an easy person to work with. And if you're a leader and you have that strong controller, most likely your team is not working to its full potential because some people are holding back from their creativity and their contribution because they're afraid. So anyway, these are just a few of them. Other things, you know, are hypervigilant. People are always looking for danger or people that might see themselves as a victim you know, that life is not fair to me and so forth. So um, we have this really cool assessment that people can take. It takes two or three minutes. It's free. Nobody's going to harass anybody for anything. It's super easy. But I encourage anybody who wants to find out about what's really going on in their brain to take that assessment. It's eye-opening. People describe it, my clients and others and in our coaching community throughout the world, as it feels like you haven't had good vision and all of a sudden you got your first pair of glasses. Because once you know what's going on, 
you was going to start recognizing it. You're going to start discovering it. And that's where your saboteur interceptor muscle comes in. And so when you hear these things or you feel some type of negativity, that's where we want to look for them. Once we look for them and we discover them, guess what happens? We start taking away their power. And so they stop screaming at us. They start getting quiet. You know, I mean, these are patterns of thinking that we've probably utilized for decades. So will we get rid of them totally? Probably not. But we can take them from having a loud voice to just being a whisper. And if we pull them down to a whisper, then we can focus on the important things. And we can use our energy toward productive things and to feeling better and to feeling a sense of peace, which helps us at work and it helps us in our relationships at home. So that would take a little bit longer to describe, but that's our saboteur interceptor. The other thing that we want to do is we want to get our brain focused on moving into that positive part of the brain. We call that the sage brain because it's clear of negative things and it's where all the good stuff, it's where we can get into what they call a state of flow. If you've ever heard of that, a lot has been written about um, athletes being in a state of flow, you know, a, a basketball player who can make that free throw. They've, they've thrown everything out to the side. They're in the zone. Well, everybody can be in the zone. You don't have to be a world-class athlete and it's a great place to be. So we want to get our, we want to train our brain to get there. So here's an easy little fun thing that you can do to challenge your brain and get it um, to move that way. It's an exercise to do. And here's where you want to do it. I'm going to give you something to write down and we can put it in the show notes to do as well. Anytime you feel a state of disappointment or anger or something doesn't go the way that you hoped it, it would go. Like, let's say you're working on a project and now you've got to present like a status update or the results of something you're working on. Or let's say you've got to pitch something, or let's say you're selling software and you've got a big fish on the line. You really want to close it and it doesn't quite work. Or you go for an interview and you don't think it really worked out well, or somebody else got the job you want to get, or your kid comes home and they're having some problems at school then you've just had it, uh, or they crash the car or something, you know, it doesn't have to be that crazy, but just something that you feel like, Hey, this is probably bad. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pose this question to yourself and here's how it goes. I want you to ask yourself, what are three possible positive outcomes that could come of this situation? What are three possible positive outcomes that could come of this situation? It's a simple question, but it's going to challenge you. And when you ask that question, guess what? Your brain is going to rewire. It's going to move from a state of negative, trying to survive, to moving into the thriving zone. And what will happen when you ask that question is that, well, first of all, the first time you do it, the judge in you is going to come out and answer nothing. There's nothing good. This is a terrible situation. Nothing good can come of this. Don't believe it. That's a lie that the judge is telling you. Ask it again. Keep asking yourself that until you come up with three things. You might actually come with three amazing things that you hadn't thought of because now all of a sudden you've expanded your field of vision. But even if you don't come up with three fabulous things, the point here is to ask the question so your brain can shift. And like with physical exercise, when you do these kinds of exercises on a regular basis, you're going to build a muscle and that muscle is going to make this your go-to so that in the future, when you have obstacles and situations that don't work out to how you had hoped, your go-to is going to be moving into that part of your brain that's going to 
put you into peak performance or keep you in peak performance and keep you in a state of happiness, which we know has a ripple effect to everything else, right? So that's the second muscle we want. We want to challenge to move to Sage. There's a lot of fun things that you can do. Again, in the show notes, we'll, we'll give everybody some resources. But I just want to leave you that one thing of what are three possible positive outcomes that could come of this situation? And then the third and last muscle that we want to build, and we do it, it's so fun. It's called our self-command muscle, and we build it through mindfulness. Now, when I think of mindfulness, most people think of meditation which is great. That's a great way of practicing mindfulness. But for those of you that don't or don't really know what this is all about, what we're talking about is we're talking about clearing out the noise. I, I've read a lot of studies and depending on the study you read, they'll tell you we have anywhere between 10,000 and 60,000 thoughts in one given day. 10,000 to 60,000 thoughts in one given day. My gosh, no wonder we're exhausted. Right. And I don't know about you. I can't remember 10,000 thoughts I had yesterday. I don't even know what's going on, but there's a lot of noise going on there. And it's funny because sometimes when people start a practice of meditation, they'll say, I can't do this. I can't do this because my mind is wandering. And it's interesting that that's the way we perceive it, because in fact, our mind is wandering constantly. By meditation, we're all of a sudden paying attention to what our mind is saying. We're slowing it down. So by mindfulness, we're talking about slowing it down. Now you don't have to meditate. If that's not for you, that's okay. What we do, which is great, is we suggest that people do these mindful practices throughout the day for just a minute or two. And they're the kinds of things you can do them at work. You can do them at home. You can do them with your eyes open, with your eyes closed. You can do it when people are around you and they won't even know. And so what we do with mindfulness in um, in mental fitness, is we focus for about two minutes on one of your senses. It could be your sense of touch. It could be your hearing. It could be your sight. It could be your sense of taste. And and we want to just focus on one thing, breathe and focus on one thing. And here are some examples that people might want to try. Really simple. Okay. In the morning, when you get up, before you jump out of bed, what about if you... Took a couple breaths and then focus on the weight of your head on a pillow. The weight of your head on your pillow. It's actually a very comfortable state to be in. And just focus on how that feels. What about when you brush your teeth in the morning? Instead of thinking about all of the things you have to do during the day and I've got to get the kids here and who's having breakfast and what about these this stuff on my agenda and I'm worried about this. What about if you spent that time and challenged yourself to feel the bristles of the toothbrush? on your gums, on your tongue, on the roof of your mouth. What about the next meal you eat? What if you challenged yourself to try to feel the texture of the food that enters your mouth on your tongue and the roof of your mouth and so forth? People call that mindful eating. A lot of people practice mindful eating to try to slow down the process and they do it as a way of eating healthier, which is great. But but focus on focusing on that because that doesn't just help in that, but it helps quiet everything else. What about if you sat somewhere and you challenged yourself to see what's the furthest sound I could hear? I love this one. My whole family will make me do that and they love it. We sit there, we sit there for 30 seconds, 40 seconds, we say, what's the furthest sound I can hear? And then you shift it. All right, what's the closest sound I can hear? It's really interesting and easy. 
What if you, when you sat at your chair at your desk at work, if you focused for a minute or two before you went into some crazy meeting on the weight of your seat in your chair or the bottoms of your feet in your shoes, there's a lot to notice. There's a lot to notice in every toe and so forth. So, you know, these are just some examples of things people could do. You don't have to find some quiet room where nobody is and sit there for a half an hour and, and breathe. That's great if you can do that. But most people find it very difficult in a busy day to do that. So if you can start like one or two minutes of these mindful practices and just say, you know what, I'm going to do this twice a day. And then I'm going to add it three times a day. And of course, like with any behavior, if you can attach to something you're already doing, you're probably going to remember to do it. Because the reality is, if you practice this, it's going to be the go-to to clean out the space in any situation. So that's it. So there are three core muscles. We want to intercept those bad thoughts. We want to shift to positivity and challenge ourselves so that we can utilize these amazing untapped powers that we already have. And we want to practice mindfulness so we can quiet everything out and we can work and live in a more focused, clear-headed space. Yeah, I had a question about the mindfulness. To me, my my mind kind of goes towards gratitude because like a lot of the mindful eating makes you grateful for the taste of the grape in your mouth and the nutrients that it's bringing your body. So how do you see those intersect mindfulness and gratitude? Oh yeah. I I love that. By the way, I love that analogy. Absolutely. You know, people practice gratitude as a way of shifting their brain into that clear sage, you know, and that's why we say practice, just like we exercise. You want to practice it. If you, if you practice some kind of grateful practice every day, that again, that's your go-to. You know, you can't be in a negative space and a positive space at the exact same time. So if your go-to is being grateful, you're going to move yourself into positive states, which again has a ripple effect. So you still see gratitude in the brain, gym. It's still oh, participating. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great way to move that sage muscle into full power. Definitely. Great. I mean, these are wonderful tips. I feel like we got the one free workout class and we want to keep coming back to the gym. So uh, that's why I think the assessment that you called out is so important. We will 100% include that in our show notes. Is there anything else that you wanted to call out? We know this is a brief show. You know, you've studied lots of different coach certifications, coaching strategies, even from Harvard. So I know your library is very large and we are picking up a very thin chapter. But with that being said, is there anything else that you think for women in technology can help grow their capability for success, for peak performance, in addition to practicing these or any final thoughts? Yeah, I would say one theme that comes up with a lot of women, including women in technology, and especially in careers that are historically male dominated, is that what holds us back the most is our fear of taking action because it involves risk. But you have, again, in that sage brain, you've got that courage to act. We just have to quiet down those other voices and thinking patterns that hold us back. Because if we don't act, we get stuck. And then we start getting negative. And we start getting resentful for others that are moving ahead, you know? So we need the courage to act. And we need to quiet those voices that are going to mess with us and tell us we have no right to be at the table when we definitely do. 
Well, that is so fabulous. And I subscribe to many success principles that are in common with what you're saying, especially being a victim. I think it's very easy to play the victim instead of thinking, what can we take positive from this? Instead, we think, oh, this happened. Blaming, complaining, being a victim, uh, getting rid of that, silencing that saboteur. I love that. And taking action. I have to agree, you know, taking action is key. And what a great high note to leave us on for this short episode. Was there anything else we missed? Think of mental fitness like you would physical fitness. It's not something you just want to go to the gym once. You want to keep practicing it so you can stay in tip-top performance and live to your happiest, which is very possible every day. I love the interlock too of achievement and happiness. We've got to have that balance, which a lot of women talk about. So this isn't just a show about mental health. It really is how you can attain the balance. Love it. And I'm sure people want to come back to your gym. They want to train with you. So give us your contact information, which we will also include in the show notes before we go. Okay, thanks. Well, I can be found at Big Dream Executive Coaching or BigDreamExecutiveCoaching.com. If you want to find out more about mental fitness, just click on the mental fitness tab. It'll take you to links to the assessment. And if you want to find out more, you want to participate or really get active, we do have what we call a six-week boot camp for mental fitness, but it's not as hard as a physical boot camp. It's fun and it's supportive and it's a combination of one-on-one and group coaching and and you get an app with these little exercises you do and so much more. Yes, tie that to some type of physical program and you've got it all. <laughs> right. Well we do have some coaches that do that, yeah. <laughs> well it has been amazing to get to know you through this process, to gain from your teachings and to be able to connect people to you to this wisdom. This is exactly what my mission is about in helping women get successful from learning from all kinds of different people, from all varieties of expertise. And yours is just so fascinating. I love it. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Yes. And I also do enjoy your social media. So if you like to be inspired with social, I uh, also would suggest getting you over at Big Dream Coaching, right? Big Dream Executive Coaching. Get you over at Big Dream Executive Coaching. Great social media presence as well. Very uplifting. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Well, thanks again and hope all you uh, out there enjoyed this and uh, we'll see you at the gym. Thank you again for listening. We really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.